Leviticus 10, verse 10. You are to distinguish between the holy and the common, between the unclean and the clean. And you are to teach the people of Israel all the statutes that the Lord has spoken to them by Moses. So nothing formed Israelite society more than the Torah, the law, the Torah regulations concerning the clean and the unclean. We're told in the fourth verse of the first chapter of John that in him was life, the word that was in the beginning with God and was God, this word that was made flesh and dwelt among us, in him was life. And this life that was in him was the light of men, the only life that made a man shine with the glory of God. We found the Messiah, we found the Christ. To be an ancient Israelite was to constantly be distinguishing between clean and unclean. Thus there was an elaborate system of laws. And as long as a person was in a state of uncleanness, if something had defiled them and they were unclean, they were during that portion, that portion of time of their uncleanness, hear me, they were excluded from full participation in the society of Israel. They had to be set aside. They could not fully participate in everything because they were unclean. Speaking of clean and unclean, nothing, nothing was more unclean than a dead body. That was the worst of all. Now, there was a specific ritual for cleansing for those who had contacted a dead body. Obviously, somebody has to deal with the dead body, but it took seven days to perform. Now, the penalty, if someone violated that, if they entered the temple, the punishment, banishment from the nation of Israel for life. It's easy to become unclean. It's hard to become clean. Inevitably, it becomes a society where religious elites assert their authority through the act of exclusion. And then something happened. This, this rabbi, rabbi from Nazareth, from Nazareth came, on the scene came on the scene and turned everything, and turned on, its everything, head. everything on its head. In the 13th verse of the 16th chapter of Matthew, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He said unto them, that they said, Some say that you're John the Baptist. They say that he's had his head put on again, he's around the town. 
Some say that you're Elijah. He never died, so he's come back again to die. Others say that you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the promised Savior. The Son, the living God. Jesus answered and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood is not revealed unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven, that's a divine revelation. You haven't come to this conclusion on your own. You're right. That's exactly who I am. Instead of getting the swine flu by shaking hands with somebody, everybody Jesus is shaking hands with is getting rid of the swine flu. And it's just messing people up. A man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said to her, Do not weep. And so they're carrying out ultimate uncleanness. Jesus sees the scene, he walks up, and he touches, he touches! He touches the casket. All right, Jesus is defiled by the ultimate defilement. These seven days, Jesus had to go through this whole purification ritual. Jesus is out of commission for seven days now. Except that's not what happened. The word of life. The Lord Jesus said, Behold my hands and my feet. Handle me and see. Touch me. And John, in the first verse of his first chapter of his first epistle, says, We heard, we saw, we looked upon, our hands have handled of the word of life. Again, see, the Pharisees can say, oh, you touched it. You're unclean for seven days. Why? You touched a dead body. What dead body? There's nobody dead around here. Anybody dead around here? He's sitting up talking to people. Nope, not me. <laughs> Jesus was capable of cleansing the ultimate uncleanness, the uncleanness of death. Not only was Jesus calling the sick and sinful out of their exclusion back into fellowship, he was calling the dead out of the ultimate exclusion of death. He was a true radical and a very dangerous threat to the established system of religious elitism. I mean, Pharisees would literally, not, not figuratively, literally walk through the temple saying, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch, they would say that. I'm not exactly, I mean, that's a, that's a historical, they would say, don't touch me, I'm holy, I'm kosher, I don't know about you, don't touch me. Who was just and who was unjust, who was right and who was wrong, who was in and who was out. And Jesus comes along and just starts dismantling or totally disrespecting that system. 
Make people mad enough to want to kill him. So Jesus does what? He touches lepers. You can't do that, but he did. And they would say, what leper? I don't see any leper. And he was speaking with women, which was not done. And he's extolling Samaritans. Because, you know, everybody knows those no good Samaritans are just no good. And Jesus makes them heroes in his stories. That just really hacks people off when you take the bad guy and make them the good guy in your story. So he's touching lepers and speaking with women, extolling Samaritans and eating with sinners for crying out loud. And this is very threatening to Pharisees who base their authority on rules of exclusion. You see, the Pharisees had a Bible, but they didn't have Jesus. And the Pharisees, the contemporary theologians of their day, had a high regard for the Old Testament Scriptures. They believed them to be the Word of God. But of them, the Lord Jesus Christ said, John 5, 39, in the, as a categorical statement of fact, not as a command or imperative as it appears to be in the authorized version. He says, verse 39 of John 5, you search the Scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life. They are they which testify of me, and you will not come to me that you might have life. So you've got a Bible, you've got truth that isn't a lie, because you won't come to me, because I'm the only person who puts life into truth. So the Pharisees had a Bible, they didn't have Jesus. And because they had a Bible that was detached from Jesus, they had a Bible that couldn't redeem them, and they had a Bible that couldn't regenerate them. I don't know how many times I've been talking to somebody about coming into a relationship with God and they in one form or another, sometimes in these exact words, say, i, I got to clean up my act first. What are they saying? They're saying, I'm unclean. I, I've, got, I've got to find myself some sort of ritual here. To, i got to clean myself up before I can come to God. But here's what the scripture says. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Come to Jesus. Believe that He died for your sins. Reach out in faith and touch Him. Touch Him upon His cross. Touch Him dying for you. And the leprosy of your soul is cleansed. He won't catch your disease, you'll catch his healing. He himself bore our sins in his own body upon the tree, that we having died to sin might live to righteousness by whose wounds we are healed. He himself took our sickness and bare our infirmities. By his stripes we are healed. You reach out and touch Jesus, you won't contaminate you and your sin. You won't contaminate him. Jesus won't catch your sin. He won't catch your guilt. He won't catch your issue. You reach out and touch him, you'll catch his kosher. 
He'll make you clean. He'll forgive your sins. You can believe that Jesus has died for the sins of the world, been raised to life again, and that He is Lord. He's ascended into the heavens, but it's not a distant place. It's just a step away.
Say no to this man. 